Now, Lord, we have the opportunity now to hear from your word. So, God, bless our pastor as he comes to deliver the truth. And, God, as we hear from you today, from your word, God, I pray that our hearts are receptive and open uh, to what your spirit says to us. So, God, have your will and way in this place, and we'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Continuing in the series in the book of Hebrews, and before I, begin, before I get cranked up and get going, because I'll just get cranked up and get going, I want to say thank you to Matt and Beth and, and the girls. Thank you very much for being here. We're glad you're not going to be moving away, uh, you know, just staying in the same house so we know where to throw the eggs on Halloween and all. No, we won't do that. We we're very grateful for all the things that God has used you to do, and, and the time that I've been working with you, Matt, it's been a joy, and <clears throat> look forward to continuing that uh, camaraderie, and <clears throat> we, every Monday we can talk to each other and cry, you know, about the ministry and how things are, but we're very grateful to you uh, for your service here, and for helping this church uh, very much, and so I'm very grateful to you, and we want to... <clears throat> Celebrate you and your family on Wednesday. We look forward to that. So be here at 5.30. We'll look forward to having a, a time of saying goodbye, but also saying thank you. As we get into the book of Hebrews, I want to tell you a story. It's a story that's been told many times and has happened many times over, and that's probably the way it is. So I'm just going to make it up. So if you make up a story that's already happened, it makes it very interesting. There was a, a river, and there was a, a man and his uh, family in a, in a boat in the river. Now, going down this river, you find <clears throat> a lot of fun. You can just kind of just drift and let things, uh, just, just enjoy nature. Now, there are a few dangers out in the water on the river. You probably, if, you're, if you've been a river rat before, you know it's dangerous out there. You've got to be careful. And there are certain things that you need to know about whatever river you're in as it flows. Where is it going and where does it end and where are you headed? Well, they thought about that and they had been some, some things have been told in certain parts of the river. And when you get to a certain place, you want to make sure you take this right turn, the tributary of the river, off to the right. Because if you keep going straight, there's going to be trouble. And so everybody's supposed to know that. You look around, other people are on the river having a great time, and you're moving along. And when it came to the place where you're supposed to go off to the right, it seemed like a, a small place to go off. And it's like, I don't know if that doesn't look quite as much fun. doesn't look like a, a great time on the river today. Let's just keep going the, this, this beautiful broad way that keeps going. And let's just go that way. That was a big mistake. Because it wasn't before long, they could hear some noise. I said, what's that noise? You know, kind of a noise, something like that. And they started getting louder. Before you know it, it got so loud, they said, this is really close. I wonder what that is. 
And then they found out what it was. Obviously, you know already, because the story I made up has happened many times. There was a waterfall. And when you have a waterfall and a boat, uh, it becomes a boat fall. And so, there they go down the waterfalls, and it was a tragic. Uh, the whole family was lost in that tragedy, and it could have been prevented. Now, that's a true story. Many times over, it's happened. People don't pay attention. They don't listen. And I want you to remember that story because today I want to talk about drifting away to a place of no escape. The passage today is four verses long, but don't get excited. You're not going anywhere. It's just going, I'm going to talk real slow. No, it's, it's, it's just so packed, I had to condense it to these four verses. Now, what I want to do, I don't always do this because passages are sometimes longer, but I want to read to you all the verses at one time. That may be a little hard for you to read, but it's up there for me right now. So you just hang in there and listen. For this reason, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away from it. For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable, and every transgression and disobedience received a just penalty, how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? After it was at first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard. God also testifying with them both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to His own will. So I want to talk to you today about paying close attention. This verse says, For this reason we must pay closer attention to what we have heard so that we will not drift away from it. So you're on the river of life, so to speak, and there's, there are many different warnings, many different indications that you should go a certain way. And it looks like not the most popular way, not the best way, not the most fun way, not even the most comfortable way. It just seems like it's going to be a problem to go off the way that God has told us to go. And there are a lot of people, you know, Jesus said, you know, Narrow is the way that leads to life, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And, and, but now, on the way to destruction, there are many signs put there by the devil and his crowd that say, this is the way to heaven, this is the way to fun, this is the way to joy, this is the way to heaven and eternal life. But that's the way to destruction. And that way would be through the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, and we get all wrapped up in it and say, well, you know, I think God made us to enjoy life. And He did. But he told us how to enjoy life. He gave us the boundaries in which we can enjoy life safely. And if you keep going down the broad way, you end up to a place where you cannot escape. And you cannot turn around. It's the place of no escape. And so we need to pay closer attention. Now, what kind of um, things do we need to pay closer attention to? This is a message. I don't know. When I introduced um, uh, this series, I <clears throat> told you something, and this is a test. But you don't have to answer out loud. Aren't you glad we don't do that on Sunday morning? Yeah, I bet you are. I've, I wouldn't want to answer any questions about what I've said in the past myself. <laughs> but there are certain parts as you read through the book of Hebrews, you say, okay, this is, um, this is talking to the group of uh, people who have believed in Christ. They're, this is a Jewish book to Jewish people, and it applies to us, whether you're Jewish or not. But 
People who, yes, Jesus is the Messiah, he's the Christ, I place my personal trust in him. But then there are other people that are addressed in this letter who, yes, I believe he's the Christ, but I haven't yet placed my personal trust in him. I believe the facts about him, but I haven't placed my personal trust in him. Then there are others who are addressed in this book who are like, eh, I don't even know if this is true. Is he the Christ? I don't know. All three groups may be represented in this room, but this message is to those who have not yet personally surrendered to him. And he says, since God has spoken to us in his son, you remember we've started in chapter one of Hebrews and we covered this. God has spoken to us. He's spoken to us in his son. Jesus is superior to the angels. We talked about that last week. And now I said, pay much closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. Don't drift away from the truth that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. That he is almighty God, the, the perfect uh, perfect God in the flesh. We got that, and that he's superior to angels. God spoke to us in his son. Now, don't miss that. Don't miss the sign that says, turn here. Don't miss it. You know, uh, James Dobson, you might be familiar with James Dobson, uh, focus on the family fame, and he, had, he knew a lot of stuff. He was very, wrote books, and he lectured, and he spoke often. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. He narrowed down his advice to his son. I think he was talking to his son, but he meant for his whole, all of his children. But he said, I just want to say one thing to you. <clears throat> and this is a good thing to say to your children. One day, I'm not going to be around. One day, I'm going to die. I mean, if everything happens the way it normally does, statistically speaking, I'll die before you do. May not happen that way, but I just want you to know most of the time. So I want you to remember one thing. I've got two words to say to you, son, and I want you to listen closely. Be there. I'm going to die, and I'm going to go to be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to be there. I don't care what else happens in life. I don't care how everything goes. I just want to know for certain that you're going to be there. And I'll tell you, that's my prayer. That's, that is my focus. I want you to be there. I want to look across the portals of heaven and say, look at you. There you are. You never looked so good. <laughs> you never acted so well. Boy, heaven, eternity is going to be a blast. But you've got to be there. You've got to be there. So pay attention. It says, um, pay attention, pay closer attention. For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable, and every transgression and disobedience received a just penalty. Now, I'm stopping in the middle of sentences. Forgive me for that. But I read the whole thing when I started, so I'm off the hook, I guess. Pay attention to the word of God. The word spoken through angels. When God said something, you know, remember, well, I happen to have this here. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll prepare things ahead of time and forgot that I did that. Well, looky there. In Acts chapter 7, verses 52 to 53, Stephen, you remember him uh, in Acts chapter 7. He was giving the, rehearsing the history of, the, of God's people. And, and 
This is part of it. He says, which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. He's talking to the Jewish leaders. You who received the law is ordained by angels and yet did not keep it. Ordained by angels, that means ministered by angels. They carried the message of God. You remember Jesus, uh, well, Jesus is his word, but this is it. Servant, the angels are servants of Christ. God sends his angels as messengers and ministers of judgment. You remember last week? I know you remember everything I preached last week. This angels are uh, his, he makes, who makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. Now you read through the scripture in the older part of the Bible, you'll find out that God sent his angels and the angels would bring the judgment. And that's going to happen again. You read in the book of Revelation. God gives his word. Now everybody tends to say, I like to keep, I like God's promises to me. Well, he promises judgment. How do you like that one? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you haven't surrendered your life to Christ, and we're going to explain that more in a moment, then you're not ready. You're not ready. You're not ready to be there. You're not ready for what's coming. You're not ready for judgment. You, you are floating along in the river of life, headed for the waterfall of doom, and you don't even know it. This is such a pleasant day. I just love this. Isn't it great weather? This is great weather. This is a great life. You know, the, the, the people that I'm most afraid for, the people that think they're all right when they're not. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't need anything, Pastor. Everything's going great in my life. I've got everything I need. I said, you do not have everything you need. When you close your eyes in death, you need to be ready. Now, the, 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 the thing about it, I have stood in this very place right here at a funeral service where I got to the place where I thought, Oh, so sorry it's not my funeral. Now, how do you get to that place? Because we're talking about somebody who's ready. Somebody who died in Christ didn't really die. They just moved to another location, just moved to be in the presence of the Lord. Last time I checked, heaven is better than here. I ought to put that on a bumper sticker. Heaven is better than here. Oh, if we really knew what it was like to be in the presence of the Lord, we would not want to be here. Maybe that's why God veils it, you know, because he's got things for us to do here. He's got things that he wants us to do. He's got people we need to talk to and, and reach with the good news of Christ. But there is this promise of God that there is a judgment. He has to judge sin. You see, God's nature is that he is just. So if there is disobedience to him, if there is sin, he has to judge it. So here's the way it is. Because of God being who he is, he will judge sin. He decided to do something. He decided to do something extraordinary. He said, I will come and I will take your sin upon myself that where I am, you can be. That you can be in heaven with me forever. In a world where people mock God and mock Jesus, it's a curious thing considering how much he gave for them and how much he loved them. But there's a judgment coming. And every person that receives the judgment of God deserves it fully. And, the, and everything that God has given to keep you from it, all the indications, all the signs that say, hey, wait a minute, stop it, turn right here, turn right here, 
Here's where you turn around. Don't keep going that way. So, oh, you know, I'm not that religious. I've, how many people have I heard in my life say, well, I'm just not that religious. I said, I think you're more religious than you think you are. You have your own religion, and you're your own God, and you worship yourself in the mirror every day. You think you're something, and you're not. And everybody knows it, seemingly, but you. I mean, even those who are also joining you on the way to hell know you're not much. But you can continue to fool yourself. A fool you'll be. How will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? How will we escape? You can't escape if you neglect the way of salvation. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. God made it easy. One way. After it was at the first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard. Look at this. This is what Jesus had to say. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The rule of God, the kingdom of heaven, the reign of God is not just a coming kingdom. It's a kingdom that has come. It's, a, it's an invisible rule of God in your life that is invisible from the inside, but if it comes out in your life. It comes out in a changed life. I'll tell you what will fill this church building up. Changed lives. It's, oh my, something's going on there. Those people are different. They've changed. Every person in a family that changes, the family notices. They said, you're not the same. You're different. You're it's an amazing thing. That's the greatest advertisement. As a matter of fact, it's really the only advertisement we should have. If you want to know Jesus and have him change your life, look over here at this guy. Look at this lady. Look at this kid. Look what happened. Need I say more? Well, they're more loving, more forgiving. They care more about people than they do for themselves. It's, it's, they're very generous people. They're very kind people. What are we going to do with these people? I don't know. Let's get more of them. <laughs> they, we don't get more of them. More of them come, and then Jesus changes them. See, it's not like you get all everything right and then come over here to Jesus. No, you come to Jesus, he'll get everything right and begin to. It's like a, uh, and I'm, I'm going to call it something. I, I, in Massachusetts, they made fun of me. It's like a hose pipe. Now, I understand I'm supposed to say garden hose, but I came from hose pipe community. So it's a, it's a hose pipe. When I first said it, when I first started preaching, everybody knew what I was talking about. So a hose pipe that gets some, some dirt and crud into it, and you, you, you hook up the, the hose pipe, and you turn the faucet on, and, and we said spigot, spigot, spigot. We probably didn't say it right. You turn the spigot on, and the... And the Water starts to flow through that hose pipe, and all the crud starts to get washed out. That's what happens. You hook yourself up to Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. He turns the water of life on and begins to wash your life out. Sometimes he washes your mouth out. Sometimes he washes you from the inside out so much that people say, you are just not even the same person. Well, I'm a new creature in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. That's a beautiful thing that happens. Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent is a word that's metanoia. It means to change your mind, to change your way of thinking. 
If you think right now going that broad way that leads to destruction, that beautiful river flow that you have in life that says, hey, everything's going fine, everything's great. Change your thinking. Say, I think I should go to the narrow way over there. I think I'm going to turn to the right and go that way. That's your changing your thinking. And it's like two sides of one coin. There's repentance and there's faith. And I'll show you that in a minute. Uh, every time there's repentance, there's always faith. If there's not faith, there's not genuine repentance. I'll show you that in a minute. I just promised you that twice, so I better do it. Anyway, Jesus says in John chapter 3, he's talking to a, one of the <clears throat> great Jewish teachers, Nicodemus. Truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Uh, the term born again means literally to be born from above. It's a spiritual birth. Nicodemus didn't understand that. Most religious people today don't understand that. Born again, I, I know there was a while there in, the, in, the, in American history, they kind of made fun of the term, and the term has not been used as much because of that. But I want to tell you what, uh, don't mess with Bible terms. We're going to keep them. You must be born again, or you cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You can't see, you can't experience the kingdom of God unless you're born spiritually. Everybody's been born physically, check. Have you been born spiritually? Question mark. Can you check that box? So I know for certain that I have been born spiritually. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. That believing in Christ, that it's like you're believing that the pew that you're sitting on is going to hold you up. You came in and just plopped right down like it was nobody's business. Now what if I had rigged this whole place where every time you came and sat down on a pew it just collapsed? I probably wouldn't be working here, but I would have a day of fun, but I wouldn't last long. But if I did that, you say, what's, what's wrong with this pew? You have not had one collapse yet. These are well made. You just trust that it's going to hold you up. Put your whole weight on Christ. Say, Jesus, I cannot save myself. I can't do it myself. I just surrender to you. I put all of my weight, all of my life on you. That's belief in Christ. That's believing in Him. And you will not perish, but have eternal life. Here's the thing I promised you twice. Paul was talking. He says this. He says, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you publicly and from house to house, solemnly testifying to both Jews and Greeks of repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance toward God. I've changed my way of thinking is now towards God. It's not towards me. It's not towards some religious belief system. Not towards some church thing. It's, it's toward God. Repentance toward God. Faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this is, a, this is an interesting thing. Um, let's see if I put this. You know I'm thinking like myself again. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Let that sink in. This is, this is kind of a passage that tells us more and more what we've read at the beginning. 
He has told us all these things. He's rehearsed all these things. Remember to, to pay close attention to the Word of God. <clears throat> the law, and the, the law of the, uh, now apart from the law of righteousness. Let me say it again. Now apart from the law, <clears throat> the righteousness of God has been manifested, witnessed by the law and the prophets, the Word of God. He's been talking about. The witness is that there is a righteousness apart from the law. Oh, we've got groups of people. You know people. I'm not naming them. That believe that you kind of have to keep the commandments in the Old Testament. I guess in the New Testament. You gotta, what, what rules are you keeping? The, the problem with the people that do that is the, well, the people that do that. They pick which ones to, to follow. You know, I've seen a, a, a strong evidence of this in Israel. Uh, my wife and I were able to go to Israel, uh, a trip, uh, the church we were in before, we were our 20th anniversary, they sent us to Israel, and uh, the re return trip was on there too, so they didn't just send us, they, they said we could come back. And, but they sent us over there, and I thought this is going to be fascinating, it was the most fascinating trip that I've ever been on in my life. It was not at all what I expected it was going to be. I noticed things that burdened my heart. First we went to uh, Rome, which is a terrible experience as far as spiritually speaking when you go to Rome. If you've ever been to Rome, you'll know what I'm talking about. As far as uh, Christianity and following Christ is a very deep and dark place of religious uh, sadness and idolatry and it's just terrible anyway i don't want to get into that i talk about israel went to israel i noticed some of this it's obvious we stayed in a hotel there in 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 jerusalem and there were two elevators there was the sabbath elevator the, the for the shabbat elevator and then there was the other elevator say so what's the shabbat elevator well if you don't want, if you're not in a hurry you can take that one because on that one, it stops at every floor. You don't touch a button. You get on, you're going to the top floor, you just stay there a while. You stop at every floor. Because they believe they were breaking the Sabbath if they pressed a button on, on Saturday. That's work. Can't work on Saturday. Can't work on the Sabbath. I know, you know, from a guy that says hose pipe, <laughs> that doesn't make a lot of sense. They do more work trying to keep from working than we did riding whatever elevator we wanted to, pressing all the buttons we wanted to. That's not work for me. I'm not that religious. It's apart from the law, the righteousness of God. It's apart from keeping, trying to keep rules trying even to keep the commands of God as they are stated. You can't do it. That's the point. You need a Savior. If you, didn't, if you could do it yourself, Jesus wouldn't have come. He came so that you could find the righteousness of God, what you need in order to enter heaven. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For those who believe, for there's no distinction. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly, as a propitiation, that word propitiation is, means a satisfaction of God's wrath on sin. That's what that word means, the propitiation, the satisfaction of God's wrath in His blood through faith. 
This was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed. So everybody from Adam all the way until Jesus died on the cross, he passed over those sins for that payment on the cross. One payment for everybody. One payment for every Adam and Eve, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, everybody in, in, in the previous to the time Jesus died on the cross could be saved just like you and I are saved. Abraham, read the book of Romans. Abraham was a believer just like we are by placing his faith in the Christ to come. Now we place our faith in the Christ who has come. Same Christ, same payment, only one payment, only one satisfaction, only one blood shed for, for us through our faith in Him. We find that we have righteousness. This was to demonstrate His righteousness because in the forbearance of God He passed over the sins previously committed. For the demonstration, I say, of His righteousness at the present time so that He would be just and a justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Now, as I was reading that, you drifted off. I could feel it. So I want to stop and come back and say this. He would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Let's talk about that for a minute. Just means that it's right. It is right for God to forgive you, for God to save you, for Him to allow you to be in heaven and be with Him for eternity. It is right, it is just for Him to do that because Jesus paid it all. He paid it all for you, and so you belong there. As a matter of fact, you're expected. I'm not going to tell you when because I don't know. But you're expected and welcomed and belong and will reign with Christ for eternity. Don't ask me how that works, but it does work, and it's right. It's right for you to be there because Jesus paid for all of your sins. You know, most of your problems, and I've been meddling a little bit, most of your problems would be solved if you could remember one thing. As a believer in Jesus Christ, you remember one thing, most of your problems will be solved. You are forgiven. You already are forgiven. Just everything is good. So, we, God, are we good? Everything good between me and you? Absolutely. How good is it? Just as though you're Jesus. That's how good it is. So that's not possible. God specializes in impossible. Impossible that you could be saved, that you could be counted as right for eternity. Impossible. God says, that's what I'm going to do right there. Impossible. I'm going to take you. When you surrender your life to Christ, I'm going to take you and save you, clean you up, fix you up, and prepare you for eternity with me. And you didn't do it. Jesus did it. Our problem is we kind of feel like we have a part in doing things. That we kind of, well, if I'm a little better, God will love me more. Stop it. Stop it. There is therefore now, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Right now, I, I can't be condemned. Jesus bought me. Just and the justifier, the one who has faith in Jesus. Every time you do something wrong, you feel like, oh, no, God was God. And you ask God to forgive you. So, well, Pastor, am I supposed to do that? Yes, you are supposed to do that. Why? 
I'm already forgiven. Well, I'm glad you asked. Why would you ask God to forgive you if you're already forgiven? That's a good question. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's not for your relationship. It's for your fellowship. You need to remember every time you sin against God and you confess, Lord, I've, I've, forgive me for having this bad attitude, for saying this thing I shouldn't have said, for doing this thing I shouldn't have done. Forgive me. You're not asking me to forgive you so you can go to heaven. You're asking me to forgive you because you have broken fellowship with God. You're going to heaven. But you're going to be miserable if you are wallowing in things you shouldn't be wallowing in in this life. God's going to make you miserable because He loves you. He wants you to get out of that. Why does God want you out of that? Because that ruins your life. That is not... That is not what God has for you in this life. So He wants you to have a great life, wants you to have a wonderful, abundant life, and you're over there wallowing in the mud, saying, I don't know why I'm so dirty. How'd I get so dirty? Oink, oink, oink. You're acting like a pig. You're not a pig. What are you doing in the pig sty over there? Why are you doing that? Come over here. Wash off. Let, let Jesus use you for His glory. But you are a child of God. When you're a child of God, you're always a child of God. You ought to walk out of here with your head bumping the ceiling. That's pretty, pretty high. I belong to Jesus. I'm justified. That's a beautiful thing. This is a synopsis. I use this, uh, this verse to share the gospel mostly because it's just so easy to use. For the wages of sin is death. On one side, you have the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life. The gift of God is eternal life. And they're opposites. What you get paid for your sin is death. What God gives you as a free gift is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus is the Lord. Everybody says, yeah, I know that, Pastor. You can't teach us that. I already know that. Well, do you? He's the Lord. He's in charge. So when you ask Him to be Lord of your life, you're imperfect, and you're coming to Him and saying, Jesus, take over my life. His perfect Lordship is now ruling over your life. He's in charge of your life from then on. He's going to move everything around in your life. Can't get away from Him. You wouldn't want to if you had any sense. Jesus, you're in charge of my life. I surrender to you. And that's what it means for Him to be Lord. He's now taking over your life. I did that when I was 16. I said, Jesus, I give up. I give up. I repent. I didn't know it was the word repent. I give up. I changed my mind. I want you to take over my life. He took over my life, and my life has been sweet. We've, oh, well, there's been a mess. There's been problems. There's been, I had to live with myself for a long time. But always, always in his hand, never fell out, always his. It's a free gift. Wow. Pay attention to the saving word of Jesus. God also testifying with them both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to His will. Look at this. This is the last slide for those who are counting. He's going to keep on going. Yeah, it's going to be a week. But 
This is the last slide, so I want you to pay close attention to the last slide. You know, the game is always won at the end. Listen to what Luke wrote. Historian wanted to get it right, wanted to, he interviewed people, wanted to know what was going on. The first count I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after he had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them for over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know about you, but we started out this whole thing talking about listening and paying close attention and not drifting away to no escape. If you have not surrendered your life to Christ today, today's the day for you. God has put up the signs and said, here, here's the warning. I don't have any idea how long you're going to live. I hope you live a long life. I hope you have a great life and all of that. But I've been around long enough to find out it doesn't always work out that way. You don't ever know what's going to happen to you, and I'm not praying anything happens to you unless it needs to happen to you to get, get your attention. I can pray that, but we'll talk on about that. Just listen to this. Be there. Be there. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. There are people praying for you. They've been praying for you for years. Weeping, praying for you. Maybe you don't even know that. Asking God to save you. Asking God to keep you. They're praying for you. That's very humbling. And God has put it forward. Imagine this. Here's the historical account from Acts chapter 1. Interviewed eyewitnesses who were there. <clears throat> so people were there, heard it. The Lord himself spoke the words that we've read today. And now here we are. You're hearing it again. Jesus was crucified and buried and rose from the dead. He appeared for over 40 days to people. They didn't appear to everybody. He didn't talk to everybody. He didn't tell everybody he was alive. And not everybody wants to know. Not everybody cares. But for 40 days, there were proofs of his resurrection and of who he was. And it's just an amazing thing when you think about it. Now, you can say, I don't believe that. If you want to say you don't believe that, that's your business. You don't have to go to heaven. You don't have to be a part of what God is doing. You don't have to. But you'd be a fool to reject Christ. So, well, Pastor, you're trying to manipulate me. You're trying to make me feel guilty. You're catching on. You're catching on. But if I can talk you into it, somebody else can talk you out of it. So what good is that? But you and I know something. If you're here today and you've already surrendered your life to Christ, you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> and if you're here today and you haven't, you also know what I'm talking about. Because in your heart, at this very moment, God is doing something. And you're trying to blame it on me. And He is working in your heart. Your heart's beating a little bit faster. You're feeling a little bit uncomfortable and you're thinking, I need to surrender my life to Christ. And you're concerned about how that's going to happen. And I understand because I've been there. I've been that person feeling like, what's going to happen? Well, I don't want to put you at ease. I don't want to put you where you need to be. 
you need to surrender your life to Christ. And when you do, I want to help you. You don't have to come forward in this church service and stand in front of all these people. You don't have to do that. What you must do is repent, change your way of thinking, and surrender your life to Christ. Say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. I want you to come into my life and take over. Forgive me. I want to have eternal life. I want to be with you forever. It's as simple as that and as complex as that. So we're going to pray right now. And when we get finished praying, if you want to surrender your life to Christ, then that would have happened in your life. When you surrender today, I've got good news for you. Let's pray together. If that's you today, just between you and God, you just talk to Him. Say, Jesus, here I am. I understand now that I need you. I can't make it on my own. I'm not good enough. I could never be good enough. I can't keep enough rules or laws to save myself. I understand that. I've changed my thinking today, Lord, to understand your way. And there's only one, and that's Jesus. So, Jesus, I come to you and ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me for eternity. Pray that you would take over my life. Be my Lord and my Savior today. I surrender everything to you. And Lord, I thank you for those who are praying that. Those who have made that commitment and said, yes, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. I thank you for them. I pray that you would give them a genuine assurance of a, of a genuine salvation that is eternal and can never fade away that you would encourage their hearts. And Lord, for all of us who've been praying, thank you for the answers to prayer. Thank you for what you're doing. We pray, Lord, that you'd help us to help others, that they wouldn't drift away into a place of no escape, that they wouldn't avoid the right path, the way to God, our Lord Jesus Christ. So help us to help others, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.